Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 189 of The Yacking Show. Yeah, we'll soon hit that 200. Uh, this is the show that connects people and ideas for you to find opportunities for a successful life, both in business and in your personal life, and with a bit of health thrown in. As always, we have interesting guests, but uh, first, let me welcome Kathleen Beauvais from Waterloo, Ontario, my co-host, and she will introduce our guest because she does it a lot better than I do. So, hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. And by the way, happy birthday, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. I try and forget them now, but uh, I appreciate the good wishes. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you also very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So please keep those coming. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. We would love to hear from you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. His name is Ron Reich. Hello, Ron. How are you? Hi, Kathleen. I am just fine. Thank you. And Peter, happy birthday. Oh, thank you, Ron. Thank you. Nice <laughs> to see you. <laughs> now, Ron, you are the founder of RLB Training and Development. This is a company that teaches leadership and management development, and we'll get into that in a little bit in a little while but first for our audience can you give us a little bit about your background and how you developed a passion for helping people better their leadership skills you know Kathleen it's, it's interesting because I began my career all those years ago in human resources and I spent the first 10 or 12 years doing that and while I liked it I wasn't passionate about it and for a number of different reasons, uh, I, was, I was working at a small consulting firm. For a number of different reasons, we decided to shut the doors. Hmm. And I, it, it's, a, it's a long story, and I'll make it short. I was going through a divorce. I had moved back in with my mom and dad. I got a telephone call out of the blue from a recruiter in Dallas, Texas, who told me, I have a job that is the exact opposite of what you are. It's with Toshiba. They are looking for somebody who has strong training and some HR. You've got a lot of HR and some training. I know them extremely well, Ron. I'll get you in front of them. Your job is to get them to flip their competencies. That happened. I got into training and development, and I have not looked back since. I just have not looked back since. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because as I reflect on it, I, and you know, the, the, your question was, how did I get into leadership training? When I first got into training itself, the first few sessions I did, people were coming up to me, Ron, thank you. That was so helpful. I learned so much from this. And it was sales training. And I realized, it's like, wow, this makes a difference. This really does help people. And one thing led to the next. Uh, you know, my bosses at Toshiba must have seen something they liked. And they slowly got me into leadership development. And that's where I've been ever since. Oh, <clears throat> so that so you you obviously had a natural sales ability to sell yourself into that job. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, well, well done, very, very good. That's an unusual mention, story. 
We'll, we'll just mention for um, the, the people watching this on video, Ron is having a little bit of internet issues. So his video has frozen up, but uh, we'll just press on because we, we can hear him loudly and clearly. So that's, that's wonderful. So go ahead. Yeah. Thanks, Kathleen, for that. So, Ron, you talk about the three R's being important in business. And can you, can you tell our audience a little bit more about that? Sure. Uh, one, one thing before we even start that, I am an absolute voracious reader. And, uh, I mean, it was the best business advice I ever got. Ron started reading. A number of years ago, I pulled from a book. I read in a book something called The Three R's. The Three R's, Results, Reputation, and Relationships. And actually, I'd like to ask you, Kathleen and, and, and Peter, for sustained business success, which R do you believe is the most important? Is it the results you produce? Is it your reputation? Or is it the relationships that you have with people? I would say relationships. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, and I would go along with that. I was going to say reputation. Then I realized that without the relationships, you can't have a reputation. So I would agree with Kathleen on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, I, I ask this in my leadership sessions all the time. And it's, it's such a fun discussion for them to have because interestingly, most of them start off right away. It's results, it's results, it's results. And as they talk about it some, they begin to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're going nowhere unless we establish relationships with our coworkers, our colleagues, our customers. It's all about the relationships. So yeah, that, that, that's where I go with it as well. And I mean, it's, it's fun because I also believe strongly that, yes, I think relationships are the most important, yet they're all absolutely critical because they intertwine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, now well, Peter, did you have another no, question? No, I was just going to say, I, I spent uh, 10 years as a part-time soldier on a different, totally different part of the world where all able-bodied men were called up for a type of national service. Um, but I was just going to say that if you look at the military situation, and, and let's go further back to, the, um, to D-Day, if it wasn't for the relationship that the officers had with their men, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened, right? That's right. That's right. And it, it's, it's everywhere. Yep. I mean, you're just going absolutely nowhere. And I mean, one, one thing that was interesting, you make me think of this, uh, back when we had the financial meltdown, mm-hmm. and I, I'm proud to say that my business stayed consistent throughout you know, throughout the uh, throughout the depression and throughout the the very high unemployment and everything else, I was talking to uh, one of the executives at the American Management Association, uh, where I do a lot of work, and she said, "How did you how did you do that? How did you main, maintain such consistency?" And I said to her, "Susan, I said I think it's because of the relationships I have with my clients. Is that you know I've stayed in touch with them. I trust them. They trust me." And we were able to continue to do some work, not as much, of course. Still in all, the relationships are key. Yeah. So, so Ron, tell us what, emotional, what is emotional intelligence and how is it different from intellectual intelligence? People define emotional intelligence differently. 
And I mean, I can I could get into a real technical definition of it, and I'm not going to do that. For me, and I, I I like to speak for myself here. Emotional intelligence for me is getting to know yourself extraordinarily well. And what I mean by that, individuals need to know what their strengths are. What do you bring to the table at work? What your limitations are? What are some areas where you struggle? And, and being confident enough to openly talk about both your strengths and your limitations. And I mean, I, I recommend that so strongly to people. I am very, very comfortable talking about the strengths that I have because there are some things I do at work really well. And I hope that comes across as confident, not arrogant. And I'm equally, and, and again, I say to people, it's, I, I don't think it's arrogant and I hope not because on the other side of that, I'm also very comfortable talking about and sharing the limitations that I have. I'm not, I'm not a real strong writer. I have difficulty putting pen to paper. And I mean, from a technical issue or from a technical perspective, I'm just not real strong technically. And I share that because it's just a fact of who I am. Additionally, again, knowing yourself, your strengths and your limitations, one of the other real key things to emotional intelligence is also knowing what what triggers me what are some situations that can trigger me emotionally what are some what, who are some people that can trigger me emotionally and how do i know that i'm reaching a point where i'm i may say something i'm about to regret and i need to be careful that for me it, it is a is, is a thumbnail definition of emotional intelligence so, so basically what I'm hearing then, Ron, it's, it's really emotional intelligence is how you react to certain situations. Yes. Kathleen, that's very, very accurate. That's exactly right. And how does it, in, how is, so now if we can say how it's different from intellectual intelligence. I, I, I love this statement. And I, I think it, I think it just, talks about the differences so beautifully. It comes from one of the true thought leaders of emotional intelligence, Daniel Goleman. And he, he says in a speech that he did or in, in an interview, he said, when you get in the workforce, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone is about as smart as you are. Everyone is about as smart as you are. And I'm listening to it. I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. And then he goes on. He said, what separates people from being good really good and superior is their level of emotional intelligence, mm. how well they work with other people. That's what separates people. And I love that. I mm -hmm. absolutely love that. Every, you know, everybody out there is as smart as I am. I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. I'm reasonably intelligent, except I also think I have good emotional intelligence and that helps to separate me from other people. And that's a big difference. Right. Yeah. So, Ron, I was going to ask you um, why why emotional intelligence is important in business, but you've more or less, I think you answered that quite well already. So while you were talking, I another one occurred to me, and that is, do in your experience, do a lot of people only develop their emotional intelligence after some uh, 
some adversity. So a major setback, uh, some traumatic incident or a big loss. Uh, is that the trigger that's needed for a lot of people to suddenly develop their emotional intelligence or do most people develop it more gradually? My experience has been most people, most people develop it more gradually. And I think a lot, a lot of people aren't real clear either on what actual emotional intelligence is until mm -hmm. they go through some formal training. They, you know, I think we're all developing our emotional intelligence over time. Right. And when a, when a traumatic event or a very difficult situation arises, that puts the emotional intelligence to the test. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where people realize, yes, okay, I, you know, I do react pretty well under pressure. I did handle that situation well. Or on the other side of that, I did not handle that well. What do I need to do differently moving forward? Right, right, right. Yeah. No, thank you. That's, I, that's what I thought, and I sort of experienced that myself. So I, thank you for that. Back to you, Kathleen. So, so, Ron, how would you define then empathy? We had, we had talked before the show just a little bit that I'm going to, I'm going to, before I will absolutely give you my definition of it. I am going to turn it around just for a moment. And I'd be curious to hear uh, what, what the two of you believe empathy is. How, how would you define empathy? And then I'll be glad to share my thoughts. For me, empathy is not just the ability to sympathize, but to actually feel what someone else may be feeling. Okay. So it's a step, for me, it's a step higher or deeper than sympathy. Okay. Peter, uh, how about I don't you? know if that's right or oh, wrong, sorry. but Peter, what is it for you? It, it's similar. So, so empathy would be trying to, or being able to live that experience, good or bad, wearing somebody else's shoes and clothes and situation. Whereas yeah. sympathy is setting somewhat apart and being an observer to that other person's experience and perhaps offering words of comfort, but not living the experience. So. Okay. Yeah. And it, it, it's interesting. No, number one, sympathy for me is I feel sorry for you. Yeah. I, I feel sorry for you. Empathy is different. And I'll go back to, I, I, before I started reading so much, I, if someone had asked me years ago, Ron, define empathy. My definition, Kathy, would, uh, Kathleen, would have been the exact same as yours. The exact same. Put yourself in the other person's shoes, feel what they feel. That's empathy. Okay. And it is, partially. After, after reading a lot about this, I now have a deeper understanding of what true empathy is. Empathy is comprised of three different things. Number one, it is all about understanding others. I want to understand you. I want to understand your perspective. I want to understand your thinking on this. I want to understand your concerns about this. In order for me to understand you completely, one of the best things that I can do is very simply ask you questions so I can gain a better perspective. And it can be so simple just in that 
What are your concerns about? And I'm just taking this out of the air. Dan, uh, Peter, what are your concerns about the deadline? Ka Kathleen, what's the situation at, uh, relative to the report that that's that you owe me? Do you know just anything along those lines? Let me understand you. And I'll, I'll give you. And actually, I, I, I again one of the reasons I love to read so much. My wife and I were flying home from San Francisco quite a few years ago now. I was reading a book as we were coming home, and the author was talking about emotional intelligence, and he said, you know you have asked enough questions and you understand when you can tell the other person's story. Mm -hmm. And I can give you an example of this. I mean, it was just so interesting to me. Uh, when, when, when I, in, in my uh, leadership sessions, the icebreaker I like to do is get everybody talking to each other. And we, we're talking about personal things and just some other stuff, if you will. I'm in Philadelphia and I began talking to a participant. I've run a number of marathons uh, in my life. So we were talking about running a little bit. She's made the comment to me, I could never run a marathon. And I did not handle the situation as well as I should have. And I say that candidly, because what I tried to do with her was to convince her she could. Said, yes, you could. You could run a marathon. It's a lot of work, a lot of dedication. There's no feeling like it when you finish. And again, I'm trying to convince her. She's saying to me, Ron, you don't understand. I couldn't run a marathon. Long story short, she finally said to me, Ron, you don't get it. I'd love to run a marathon. I have very bad knees. My doctor told me I'd hurt myself permanently if I ever did. All I needed to do with her, Ron, I could never run a marathon. What's your concern about running a marathon? Mm -hmm. One question, I have bad knees, I can't do it. Boom, done, now I get it. And instead I was trying to convince her. <laughs> the second right. piece, the, the, the second area of empathy is caring. And what I, what I always recommend to people, once you understand and once you know their story, you need to think about all the things about which you care relative to the situation. And in, in a business situation, I'll ask people, just everybody, please think about things about which you care at work. And the answers, you know, so often are. I care about quality work. We care about safety. We care about morale. We care about... Uh, you know, profits, you know, whatever it might be. We get a real long, real long laundry list. And I say to people, it's like, okay, as you look at your list, can you satisfy everybody, everything on that list simultaneously? Instantly, the answer is no. And what we end up talking about is you can't satisfy everybody all the time. So therefore, part of caring and part of empathy is having difficult conversations with people and making difficult decisions, except at least you understand them. And if you need to make a difficult decision with which they have a different perspective or about which they're unhappy, at least they know you understand them. And that, and once you've, once you've done the caring piece, the third aspect is taking the appropriate action. Maybe I need to help you, Peter. You know, Kathleen, maybe, maybe you need some assistance or maybe I need to develop you a little bit further. You need some training or 
you know, uh, Peter, you and I are, I need to explain something to you, and this is going to be a difficult conversation, except we need to have it based on the things about which we care. And that for me is empathy. Can, can I ask another question here? Um, now we're talking specifically business, but let's, let's, let's not just talk about business, but in gen, in yeah. life in general, because yes. you know, as, as you know, we've we have gone through a pandemic and, and there's been a lot of divisiveness, um, you know, in society as a result of what, what side of, are you on this side or are you on this side? And somehow people have just right. been at odds with one another, haven't they? So, when you're talking about empathy, can you have empathy and yet absolutely disagree with someone's position? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's exactly, definitely that's exactly what we're saying. If, again, I want to understand you. And, and if, you, if you think about this, I, I had a situation so many years ago. I was uh, consulting for a manufacturing facility. And I went out on the manufacturing floor and all I, I, I needed to just walk across a very small section of the floor to visit with someone. Mm-hmm. And I walked across without wearing my safety glasses, which was a violation of their safety policy. Someone came up to run, put your glasses on. And I was like, I'm going 25 feet. I don't care. Put your glasses on. It's a safety issue. You could get hurt. It doesn't matter. And again, I, you, know, I'm, you know, my thinking here was, come on, I'm only going 15 feet. We had different perspectives, except he was right. He was absolutely right. And, and again, the, the, the key thing here for me, Kathleen, is if we're going to have different perspectives, that's totally okay, as long as we understand each other. I want to know completely your side of the story or what you're thinking about you need to understand my side of the story. And then ideally we can collaborate on a decision. Or if I'm the leader and I make a decision with which you're unhappy, we understand each other at least. And actually, you know what else I'll do? I'll link this back to the relationships that we talked about earlier with the three R's. If you and I have a good relationship, we respect each other and we know we, we know. We have each other, we have, or we have the organization's best interests at heart. It's going to make it easier for you to accept that decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's, I, I'm just going to play on that one a little more. Let's say I have a very good friend or a brother and they lose their business. So in scenario number one, they lose their business because the economic downturn and changes in the business climate, they do everything they possibly can, they lose their business. So I could have both sympathy and empathy for that in that case. In scenario number two, the friend or brother loses a business because he does he makes some absolutely stupid decisions, which I and people cleverer than I have warned him about and said, if you do that, you're going to lose your business. He doesn't right. listen, he loses the business. I have no sympathy whatsoever for him, but I, if I'm clever and if my emotional intelligence is high, I can still have empathy for the situation he's in, correct? Is that the distinction? That's Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ab- ab- absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm trying again. I'm a processor <laughs> as, as I'm thinking about that. Peter, yes, that does make sense to me. Good. Thank you. So 
what's wrong with so many business leaders that they they fail to grasp what you've been talking about and and how could they help their businesses by becoming more empathetic to the people they work with both within and outside of their businesses I'm going to I'm going to answer that by by sharing with you an act, an activity that I do very mm -hmm. early on in my leadership sessions and what I like to do is break people into small groups and just very simply on flip charts, I want you to I want you to please brainstorm what your role is as a leader. They give them you know ten minutes, whatever it might be. As after we've debriefed it, I just ask them what's interesting about your lists. Just take a look at your lists. What's interesting? And sometimes it takes a little bit of a little bit of uh, leading, if you will. Mm -hmm. Point is simply if you look at your lists, everybody. 80, 85% of the things you just wrote on there are human characteristics. Your role as a leader is to be human. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people lose sight of that. You know, they, it's about profits. It's about margin. It's about marketing. And if we don't get this done and we need to change this process. Okay, all of that's true, except again, go back, please, to the three R's and relationships. Because when you have those good relationships, people will go the extra mile. People will share their ideas. And, and, and like, like what you said earlier, Peter, in, in, in your scenario, people hopefully will warn you about, I don't think this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. So Thank Ron, you, if, I were, if I were to come to you as a client, how might you, how might you begin to help me along? What is the process you typically take with a new client? The, it, it, it's interesting because the, uh, I, I, I just acquired, or I am in the process of, of acquiring a new client. Uh, I'm uh, going to be working with a, a local college. And I met with the president and I talked to him about his concerns. You know, what's going on here? What's on your mind? What do you see as the issues? all well and good and he gave me some really good information and subsequently i had met with the vice president of hr and i also met with the chief financial officer actually yesterday and point being simply i want to i if i'm going to work with a new client i want to be empathetic i want to understand everything i possibly can First, I want to know the story. I want to ask a lot of questions before I start making any sort of recommendations. Because if I start, if I if I start throwing recommendations out so quickly, this is what I can do for you, and this is important, and this is one of my strengths. It's like it has nothing to do with what the issues are that need to be solved. I want to understand first then I can make the recommendations. And, and interestingly, uh, Kathleen, it also reminds me of something else. Let, let's, let's go back to emotion, the emotional intelligence of knowing yourself real well. I did some work for a manufacturing facility many years ago, went really well. And I still remember Nigel Glover was my contact at this organization. He was the uh, director of operations. Came to me afterwards, Ron, thank you. We had a lot of fun. Everything went well, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know what? We're in the process of uh, rewriting all of our technical training manuals. And we're wondering if you'd like to take the lead on this. And I was like, Nigel, I don't write well. You don't want me doing that. 
<laughs> and, I, and I turned it down because, again, I know myself. And if I try, oh, that would be a lot of revenue. Sure, I'll do it. It would have destroyed the three R's for us and, and, and just taken me nowhere. <laughs> Okay, so we're running short of time now, um, Ron. So I'm going to ask you what I call my burning question that I ask all successful people, and you're certainly there in that category. Uh, I know part of the answer, but my question is, in, in your many years of experience working with, with a lot of different business leaders and presumably other leaders, is there one single characteristic or mindset or habit that sets those who are successful? And I don't just mean about making a lot of money. I mean, in a balanced life, um, becoming good leaders. Is there something that sets him apart? One thing from those who merely remain average. Uh, please, what's your, your thoughts? Peter, I'm going to go back to what we were talking about just a couple of minutes ago. For me, it's being human. Okay. It, it's un, it, it, it's being human with people. It's getting to know people both professionally and personally, understanding them, developing relationships with them, being friendly with them, not necessarily friends, being mm -hmm. friendly with them so I can understand, so, so that these leaders can understand their people on, on a very deep level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Very good. Excellent. Well, we are running low on time. Ron, how do people contact you? Probably the best way would be through my LinkedIn page. Okay. Uh, people can just go to Ron Reich, uh, and uh, the name of my company, as you had mentioned, is RLB Training and Development. Uh, I'm also on Instagram uh, at uh, leadership underscore RLB. And I also, as I had said to you, I have another link uh, that, I, uh, that, I'll, that I will send to you. And what it includes are a lot of just leadership snippets. It's just little leadership tips and, and just tools people can use to increase their effectiveness uh, as leaders. So that's probably the best way to do it. Okay. We will put that on as a subtitle. And for listeners on audio platforms, that will, those links will be in the description. So you can pick them up from, from there. Thanks, Ron. Great. Thank you so much for being on, a, on our show today, Ron. We really appreciated it. And thank you again for tuning into our show. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>